Hello, welcome back. Thank you for tuning in to another episode of It's On Us podcast. On the show today, we have myself, Clifton, Ash, John, and Jacob, along with our special guest, Peter Rufo. He's a real estate agent. He's going to give us tips, advice, and some of his own experience in the field of real estate. Hopefully you pick up something. Enjoy the episode. Thank you. He's listening. Yes. Can you guys hear me? Yes. yes. Hey, what's up, Pete? He sounds so beautiful. What's going on, man? I'm good. How are you guys? Pretty good. Pretty good. good. Can't no lie. You have, have always like had an angelic voice, Pete. <laughs> <laughs> Love, man. Uh, I agree. That that actually brings tears to my eyes because my wife hates the sound of my voice. <laughs> See, let her know somebody loves you. All right, and it's us. So you're good. I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. Thank you, oh, guys. No, no worries, man. So, how's everything been, man? How's life treating you? Life's been good, man. Um, it's definitely been uh, been crazy year, but I should say it's a uh, a good time in the middle of the year to be able to reflect back on what i did in the first half and uh kind of prepare for the second half too so good timing for this uh podcast for me no awesome awesome man yeah yeah so yeah us collectively we know we just tried to like start something different that's why we kind of created the podcast just to like give back to like our age group and people who want information based on like whatever it could be you know what i mean so you today are our guest on the episode of it's on us and we're going to go into real estate and pretty much what you're doing right now so Perfect. jacob had like a list of oh yeah here i'm going to send you the list it's, it's different not having you actually here with us <laughs> that's fine so yeah so for our listeners that listen to this episode on tuesday he pete is actually our first remote interview he is not in the room with us he's at his office i'm assuming yes i am and jacob i'm not gonna lie you get an a plus on this this is pretty awesome <laughs> man it's I different tried. man mm-hmm. we're changing the culture of how and you're in a suburb of uh, chicago right yes yeah my wife and i and our, our two little girls live outside of chicago in one of the western suburbs um nice. we're it, it's a good location for us we're just far enough out um where we're not you know not in the hustle and bustle of all the traffic but um also close enough that we could be in the city if we want pretty quickly nice kind of cool. like kind of like lorraine and cleveland in a little bit that's exactly right Nice. So nice. how long have you actually been in like Chicago and what made you want to pick Chicago of all places? Uh, well, I was I was living in Arizona when I was working when I decided to move to Chicago. Um, mm-hmm. We I, I basically decided I was going to come back to, to college and finish college because I dropped out after going to college for two years. Uh, so I decided to go back to college a couple years later and I wanted to find some place that would take me. Nice. <laughs> And uh, I still had some years of eligibility left to play football, so I got a scholarship to come out here and um, ended up playing in uh, football for the rest of the the two years of college and finishing my degree. So um, definitely a good spot for me to get here to to finish school. And then I decided that I really did enjoy it out here, so I've decided to stay. Nice. Nice. Beautiful. What's your degree in? Uh, Business management is my degree. Nice. Nice. Congrats. Thank you. So just just confirming with you, Pete, did you get the um, little ad thing that I sent uh, you, it, just texted you? Yep. Okay. So that's kind of basically what we're going to cover. Of course. Um, one question about Chicago. Are the people there actually more aggressive than back here in Ohio? I mean, I know they're Midwest, but I know Chicago has kind of like a attitude to the people there. <laughs> I, that's actually a really good question because I, I kind of assumed that they would be a little bit more. 
Um, mm-hmm. It's I wouldn't say that they're as or more aggressive. There's just more of them. Like there's okay. more people in Chicago, like tenfold than there is in Cleveland. So that just makes it seem like that. But I feel like if in Cleveland we had as many people, it would probably look the opposite way around too. Um, so no, true, I wouldn't say they're more aggressive by, you know, on that on that end. But definitely, it's just more more people. Okay. So I actually have a question. What made you want to do two ebooks? Yeah, actually, I don't think anything really made me want to until I realized that there really wasn't a lot about the topics that I could talk about. Um, and I feel like okay. everybody in like everybody, especially in sales, my, a lot of my experiences in sales, and I feel like a lot of people who do sales trainings or they do sales courses and stuff like that like they sell you these like really expensive packages and it's just like for what i mean it's not like to me i just feel like you can just get so much more out of other free resources so i wanted to do something low like you know more 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 so on the free side but also less expensive um because if i could do something like that and offer value even if it's half of what you get out of a a thousand dollar course i mean you got it for free compared to paying a thousand dollars for it. So, um, you know, that's where, and, and I wish I kind of had that stuff coming out or going into sales originally, because I think it would have helped me out more. Um, so I feel like a lot of people just in, in today's day and age go into roles where they, it may not be a sales position but the, itself, but in their role, they do some type of sales, um, or communication like a salesperson would. So, uh, that was my big thing is being able to touch more than just a salesperson, but just people in general who would have to use those types of skills uh, in their, their everyday job that their training probably doesn't come with. Feel it, Peter, giving the people what they want. Right. right. Yes. <laughs> Paying it forward. And that's kind of like, Pete, like the art of selling, because like that's a whole mentality to be able to go into a space that you're not really like you're comfortable, but you know how to like market yourself to make somebody appeal to what you're branding. You know what I mean? So exactly. for you to. Get, find inspiration to do two ebooks is like volumes, man, because a lot of people like maybe scared to start an ebook or don't know how to go about a, that process of creating an ebook. So, like for you, you've done two. Do you plan on doing like any more or? I do plan on a third. Um, I do plan on a third, and I haven't thought so far after that. Um, I, I plan mm-hmm. on a third one here, not this year, but at the beginning of next year. Um, I'll start working on it. So, probably a year from, from July or today, I should say. Uh, we'll probably be getting ready to to launch a, a third one. Um, but I think the first two came out kind of, I wouldn't say necessarily back to back, but within the same year. And so that helped me kind of understand, okay, here's the process. This is what I have to put into it. Um, this is what it takes to to be able to get this, you know, from start to finish written and, and produced and designed and ready to go. Um, so that's kind of the now that I have that knowledge ahead, behind me, I should say, looking ahead, I'm going to use that for the third book and be able to space it out a little bit more, possibly make you know tweaks from the other two books into the third one as well. Um, and of course, by that time, there should be you know more data around you know sales and communication and, and buyer behavior that I'll be able to share that are going to be more up to date statistics. You know, just because in today's day and age, I feel like data changes every single day in every field. So um, you know, having <laughs> having the most up to date information for for next year would would be you know more beneficial to the people who are reading it. No, that's awesome, man. Yeah, it's just like, like you said, like you're doing something and it's okay to take a little break from it because 
like you said, there's so much information now in the state we're in. So it's like tons of sources just get poured in and stuff gets like diluted. But after time, like some things you will say and write will stick. And certain people who understand that, I guess, path that they're going on will take the information that you're giving and use it like resourcefully. So that's that's, that's exactly awesome. Bro. Right. Yeah. And I thought to myself, too, like just a person like being a person when I go on to a social media platform of some sort, like the first, you know, like five or six posts are the stuff that I probably, you know, like the most. And obviously the algorithm is playing into my favor. So showing me stuff that they think I would like. And then I thought to myself, I'm like, this is just like regular buyer behavior in everyday you know, life for us. Like we usually listen to the songs that we like in the car when we're going somewhere. And it's probably mm-hmm. the top five songs that are out right now that, you know, that you want to listen to. Um, so I wanted to kind of put that into the messaging too, that I'm working on is making sure that it's just, you know, something that people like, you know, and people like sales or they like communication or they're in PR, like this is the type of, you know, these eBooks are the type of you know, clientele I should say that, that I would be targeting for. Mm-hmm. Awesome. So P I got another question for you. How did you get into real estate sales and like, how did you gravitate towards your field? What drew, drew you there? Uh, Honestly, it was my wife who kind of helped me get into it. Um, she doesn't have any experience in it at, at all either, and neither did I. Uh, but she said, you know, I feel like you would you'd be pretty good in that. Um, not to say that I'm not good in, in what I was doing before, but she was like, you know, I just think that it's something that you could, you know, you talk really well with people, you can build relationships. And she said that you know, when we picked out our house, uh, I think that was one of the big, biggest things that I learned was that the realtor that we were working with was awesome. I mean, she definitely helped us out, but I thought to myself, I, I could do that too. You know? Mm-hmm. Uh, so then my wife started pushing me and said, Hey, you should go and get your license. And so I did, I studied for six weeks. I, I took the test and um, passed. I did some interviews with uh, a couple of real estate groups here in the Chicagoland area. And then I decided to jump, uh, jump on board with one. And it's been a good decision. Um, honestly, I couldn't say that it was definitely a hundred percent mine, but my wife pushed me and, and helped me out, but that's, uh, you know, she kind of saw that in me already and said, I think that you'd be good at that. And now that I did, I'm so happy that I, I, I listened to her and that I went through with it because it's definitely been a great decision. Now, She's a keeper. Now I got She's a question keeper. for you, Pete. <laughs> that's um, a life for life. Yeah. Right. Good woman makes you better always. Mm-hmm. What are the requirements to take the tests in your state? Yeah, that's a like, great question. You have to take... Right. It is, it is based off of off of state. Um, so in Illinois, you have to do a class, and then at the end of the class, you have to take uh, a test to be able to take the state test, essentially. It's like a preliminary test. Um, but you have to do so many hours. It was six weeks. It was two days a week, Mondays and Wednesday nights, for about three hours each. Um, so you talk about maybe like, I believe it was a total of 90 hours is what the class had to be. Um, okay. Before- the preliminary test. Um, once okay. you preliminary test, then you could uh, sign up for the state test, which is about two weeks after that, that I could take the state test, all depending on where you're located um, and what availability they have too. So especially during COVID times, it was like you could only have, you know, a handful of people in the room at the same time. So some people were scheduling theirs, but they weren't able to take it for a month. Um, because, just because of how many people were already booked for those first two or three weeks. So I got really lucky. I, I found a place that was within two weeks, which allowed me an extra two weeks of studying. Um, so I was able to kind of look at what I had maybe not have done well on in that preliminary test, um, but then worked on that so that I could be ready to go for the state test itself. 
Right, because I know in Ohio, because I've taken the state test before for a real estate agent, and I know in Ohio you got to take, I forget exactly how many hours. I want to say it's mm-hmm. like 120 hours, slightly yes, more. Probably. And then you, but we don't have to take a preliminary test. Well, when I went to school for it, you didn't have to take a prelim, preliminary test. You just had to get a brokerage to sign for you to take the test. Yeah, and that was another part is that after we had did that, you had to have a, a broker to be able to get your license, as they would say it here. You could take your test without it in Illinois, um, but if you don't have a, a broker who's backing you, then you essentially wouldn't be able to work. You know, you right, right. Your, your license just to have it at that point. Okay, because, yeah, because in Ohio, you have to have a brokerage sponsor you before you even go take the test. So hmm. that's, that's interesting. Yep. And, it's definitely different for for each uh, state, and our the Illinois one here allows you to be, uh, I should say, you can take the state test for a certain number of other states in the area, some not in the area, I should say, but just same type of rules and regulations, so you can use it in other states as long as you pass their state test. Um, okay. Now, when we took the state test uh, here, it also is your national test too. Um, so oh, you're, okay. taking two state, you're taking two tests in one. And you know, really, that's the, the main part of that, too, is if you failed the national test or the federal test or national test, then statewide, if you passed, you would still have to take that test again to pass mm-hmm. the federal. Um, wow. so you had to make sure you pass both. And so luckily I did. Um, and so now nice. everything worked out. But yes, if I wanted to go to um, you know Indiana for was one of the states that kind of complies with the same type of rules. I could go next door to Indiana and take the test uh, just for the state, and then that's it. I don't have to do any classes. But if I went to Ohio, I would probably have to do uh, classes first and then take their state test on top of that. Yeah. So now you, because Jacob kind of wants to like um, continue his path I'm, on doing. I'm the thinking real about it again. I'm thinking about it again. Like you said, it's not a bad choice at no, all because your not. wife, who came into your life and multiplied everything you're doing now, put you to this space. So it's like. It was a good nudge for so for Jacob. Oh, yeah. enough to like venture into that. Yeah, because I because I took him like a couple years ago and something happened. It wasn't the greatest mindset to finish that task, but like I was just thinking about it again. Like man, you know, I I really enjoyed learning about the whole real estate in general. Just just the whole business itself. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so. and now, now that I do, I, I learn more and more about real estate all the time. It's weird because I drive through the city that we live in and I see like some of the buildings and I'm like, Oh, that building has like a, a code ordinance on it, which means, you know, they can't do this or that with it. But if you wanted to renovate it, then you have to, you know, get up to speed with other codes and that costs more money for people. And I know it's a weird thing to geek out on, but I always think to myself, like if somebody bought that building, that might suck for them because they're going to have to put a ton of money into it to get it all up to code again, you know, cause it's been there for like 70 years or whatever it may be. So, um, but I wouldn't have known that without, you know, taking the real estate exam and, and oh. understanding more about real estate first. Completely, because that's how I was in class. Like, I would just, my fiance would look at me like, why do you just, like, do that now since you're in class? I'm like, I don't know. It's just interesting to me just seeing a house for sale and just looking at the outside of it. Like, nope, it needs this, it needs this. They're going to ask way too much for it. This is what's going to happen. Yeah, exactly. Try to predict the future. Yeah. Do you, um, uh, Pete, do you have any, like, clients that you've made, like, friends with? I mean, because it's really like a personal connection at that point. Uh, I'm sure you probably drive past houses you've sold like, oh, yeah, I remember doing that deal or. Yeah, that's a good question. I shouldn't say I've definitely become friends with people, you know, just from real estate itself, talking about, you know, either selling their home or helping them buy a home. But 
one of the biggest things that I, I learned is that I actually became friends with people who are like mortgage loan officers as well. Um, nice. You know, a tie into real estate uh, on top of that. So I've been able to actually make some really good connections, not just, you know, home buying and selling like the home itself, but also the other areas of real estate, like, you know, investors. I, I've made relationships with new investors uh, as well. And so, you know, mortgage loan officers, and, and that's enabled me to kind of make even further connections, you know, within people who know other people who are buying and selling homes right now. Pete, I already got your next book, Networking 101. Or even like the power of relations, like something that goes with because that's the real currency is like people view money as like that's the way to get by. But if you know somebody that knows somebody, you're already in the door. Yeah, exactly right. So awesome. So it's just you staying inspired and like what's keep like what's the drive for you to keep doing this? To keep doing real estate, it. I think it's a, a mixture of two things. One, it's definitely my kids. Um, that's one thing that inspires me every day because you're like, you wake up and you're like, I have somebody who's depending on me to be able to put food on the table, you know? Mm-hmm. And so that's like a big inspiration to myself. But then also I, I'm inspired by my own self. Like I, I want to see what else I can do. Like I, if, if this is, is as far as I'll go in life, like, okay, but I don't know that. Like I would like to see that you know, potential lived out if it's possible. Um, so mm-hmm. I think those are the two biggest, you know, driving factors for me is, is being able to say, Hey, I got people to support. And then also being able to say, well, you know, do it for, for yourself and find out too. Um, you touched on, you know, your kids. Um, so I was going to say, how is it, how is fatherhood and how is it being a girl dad? Because I just seen on Facebook, your daughter had a birthday party yesterday with Belle, I believe. So how, how is it being a girl dad and how is fatherhood in general? Yeah, I, I love fatherhood. If you would have told me I'd have loved being a dad this long, like this much a long time ago, I probably wouldn't have believed you. Um, but now it's like, you know, have, having two girls, I definitely, I love being a dad, uh, especially a girl dad. Um, it is not, every day is something new that I probably wouldn't have ever expected. Um, but because it is, that's what keeps me on, the, on my toes. And that's what also makes it so much fun. Um, is because I know, you know, my, my wife's really good with it too and explaining and helping me out. Um, but also being able to, you know, show, I should say like a softer side to myself as well, you know, like in real estate or in sales, it's a lot of like, you know, hustle and grind and, and, you know, I wouldn't say like hardcore sales tactics or anything like that. But then, you know, I come home and I have two little girls who aren't, you know, rough and stuff like that. So um, it's definitely a, uh, a good change of pace when you come home and you have two little girls who are dancing to Moana. Um, you know, it's, it's, instead of me, you know what I mean? Instead of me being in the office with a bunch of guys, you know, um, it's definitely a good change up and, and fatherhood has been awesome. Uh, I definitely love it. Yeah, my, our oldest daughter is, is just turned three. Um, so her birthday was party was yesterday, and then our uh, our youngest daughter will be one years old here in a couple months. So um, they are definitely they don't stop. I should say they are going at it twenty four seven, and that's one thing that I'll probably look back on and be thankful that they did. Um, but right now, I know it's it's a good change of of pace for me to come from you know working all day and then also being able to spend time with them and have that softer side too. Uh, nice, nice. Mm-hmm. Be, just be careful for those three girls, man. I got one at home right now, and he's he's hell on wheels, man. Just be careful. <laughs> yep, exactly. Especially as their vocabulary grows. <laughs> you, you ain't got, you ain't telling no lie, my guy. You ain't telling no lie. So, 
Um, so we were friends with you in high school, and we know you went to go play college football. How, how was that experience, and how was it being a college athlete? Yeah, it was <laughs> – it was a shock to me playing in college. Um, you know, I always thought like I worked hard in high school and stuff like that until I got to college. And then I noticed a lot of the kids that went to college were doing that, you know, college type of aspect in high school. And I was like, what, you know, like I remember like going to the weight room and doing conditioning and stuff like that. But like these guys have been doing it. They you know come from other parts of the country that you'll play football and Mm -hmm. do all of these things, you know, from your middle school. And to me, it was like a total eye opener. I almost felt like I was behind the eight ball. I was like, man, I got to work like twice as hard as everybody else just because I feel like they have so much more experience than me and um, things like that. But it was definitely a shock. And I'm really glad that I did, though, because it pushed me to be able to want to be like, okay, great. Now I want to be, you know, better at this. I got to do this and I got to learn how to watch film. Like I hadn't really learned how to watch film. We only watched film on you know the days after a game and that was it. Um, you know, I was watching film five, six times a week then in college, which is totally different, you know, and learning the different aspects of different play formations and why you would do this and that. So um, it was it was definitely a shock and not just the physical, but also the mental aspect, too. OK, so now I got a question because I'm, I'm just a curious fella. What do you have one play or one moment that you just remember, like you you're going out one night with friends and that's your go to story? Like, look. I play ball. This is what happened this one time. Do you got any stories like that you would like to share? I had the Randy Moss somebody. Right, I, had I don't know what you do. You know what I mean? <laughs> Something like he was active, basically. Yeah, I, I definitely do. I, I remember it was the probably the second day of, of training camp. Or was, I think it was it was the second day of training camp. It was our actual second practice of the day. So first practice of the day was just a like a, a walkthrough type of aspect. You got helmets on, you did some stretching. The second one was, okay, we're going to put on some jerseys, no hitting or anything like that, but it's a what they called a midnight practice. Um, so it was really late at night, and it absolutely poured rain for like four or five hours the whole night. And, of course, we were out there for like two hours in it. Well, I play receiver, and my job is to catch the football. So I'm, <laughs> I'm trying to make a good impression on the coaches – in the middle of the worst storm I've ever seen. (laughs) I can't even see the ball. I can't see where the quarterback is. I'm wiping my eyes every two seconds. I don't have any gloves on because there's no reason to have gloves on at that point. So much rain. Um, And I just remember it was the, they were like, okay, last play. And then we're done. And sure enough, I'm up and I'm like, Jesus, if I drop this pass, I'm, I'm going to look like an idiot. Like it's the last (laughs) play. Like everybody has dropped a pass this whole time. And so sure enough, I just remember squeezing the ball as hard as I can. And I caught it, which was great. It was an amazing feeling. And then they were like, okay, finally, somebody caught a ball. We're done. And it was like, <laughs> it was like oh, thank God. And like everybody I remember, is like everybody was like, thank you so much. Like that would have been helpful for us afterwards. Yeah, true. Because there was like literally nobody was catching the football because uh-huh. you couldn't see anything. But I also think that's what the coach was kind of doing to us was put into the test. So. Um, I was able to kind of also show them like, hey, I, I'm, I'm concentrating, I'm focused, you know, I'm, I'm trying to get this done too. Uh, and so I think that showed accountability and also that they could depend on me. See, and, and through, that condi- through that conditioning that you had to be in the rain, kind of created character for yourself with this, like, if I can, you know, be resilient in this space, like, what else can I do outside of just in the world? And that's yeah, what I love about sports right. is like, it opens up 
a different mindset for you to just like, okay, this is a sport. We do this, but inside of it is like so many teachings that go, that will last you like a lifetime. So it definitely did. Um, I, I could say that I use that, you know, type of scenario in my head all the time. Like, okay, the, the odds are against me and then whatever I'm about to do, you know, like they say a lot of about 60% of real estate agents fail in that first year, you know, which is probably a, a true fact. You know, it's more of a mental game than anything else in real estate too, obviously outside of the relationships and things like that. And I think that just knowing like, okay, it, you know, to use the metaphor of it raining really hard that day, like I got to still make it happen. Um, and so that's what I use every day. And, and that's what I've continued to kind of build on as well. It doesn't matter how much it's going to rain. I'm still going to focus and essentially quote unquote, you know, catch the ball at the end of the day. Nice. You, you make me want to run through a wall right now, man. Come on. <laughs> uh, I, I love it. I love it. Yeah. <laughs> you're, you're so motivational, Pete. You just got a, a great head on your shoulders, man. You just, just your whole drive and your attitude about life is, is great. Thank you. I, I appreciate that. I definitely have, uh, have been able to work on it. And, and I should say having kids changed a lot of my outlook on life too. And uh, now I kind of see mo more of the bigger picture instead of just the now. Mm -hmm. Definitely. Definitely. I think back to like when we used to play at Paul Egg Park, like just you always been that like inspiring, like bright person. And just like you go into a space, you like, okay, you guys, this is what we're doing. Everybody just like follows suit. So like, you're like naturally like a leader and it shows like through your actions and where you are right now, man. So, yeah, I mean, I, I always credit, you know, Paul like Park, like starting playing football for the first time. I, I remember saying to myself, like, all right, it's the first time I'm playing, you know, tackle football. Like, uh, we're going to find out how it is. You know, I remember getting hit when it was freezing cold out and it sucked. Like, <laughs> but we still had to get up and we still had to make something happen with it. Um, and I definitely think, you know, starting, you know, yeah, understanding those lessons at a younger age helped me. You know, understand that there's more to, you know, more to life than just going out there and just not being able to take advantage of everything out there. Like, you know, even though people may be up against you or maybe the odds aren't are against you on whatever you're doing, like, you know, just make it happen and find a way. Nice. You've always been a good teammate, Pete. I, I remember playing with you in middle school. You was always that guy. You was always a good fella. I remember one time I was going to actually try to sack you in practice and. I got blindsided and got the wind knocked out of me. I don't I think I don't think Jacob was fast enough to actually get you. No, in his mind, you I was going to get him. Yeah. I was going to get him one time, and then Sean Epler came from the side. <laughs> I was like this, Donald, bro. I was like this after he said it. I was like, <laughs> did the fan? You okay, Jake? Yeah, I'm good. <laughs> yeah, catching your breath at the end there. Right, right. Like shit, he just knocked the wind out of me. I can't cry right now. <laughs> Crying on the way home though. Right? <laughs> That's something that you would definitely, you know, you go home and you thought back to yourself. You're like, man, like I, I could cry now, but I'm glad I didn't do it in front of everybody else. Right. <laughs> you know? Right. I think we've all had that situation where we're like, man, that really sucked. I could, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm ready to let it out now. <laughs> right. Right. Yep. So, what are some tips you would have for any first-time home buyer about sell buying a house, and how important is their credit? That's a great question, and. Credit, uh, let me answer the second one first. Credit is not a deciding factor. Um, I, I think that so many people just think that because the, the types of loans that you can get, if you're not going to buy a house in cash, obviously you know funding it is the biggest thing, so you have to get loans. And yes, credit is important in that case, but you don't have to have an 800 credit score to get a loan to, to, to buy a house. Um, so you know, in terms of importance of credit, 
it is important, but is it the deciding factor in it? No, um, it, it's not. There's other ways to obtain funding too. Um, but to answer your question, you know, what's a, a, a tip for home buyers in today's market? Uh, I tell people, everyone's like, well, you know, houses are really expensive. Yes, that is true. They're, they're, you know, the inventory is low, so the price of a house is going to go up. But you should still look at the houses. Having the experience of looking at houses, whether it's the the, you know, the dream home that you want to move into that's way out of your budget, or if it's just a home that just went on the market and you know it's maybe exactly what you're looking for, maybe a three-bedroom, two-bedroom house. But the experience of seeing more than just one house is going to help you out. Um, because then you can see what you actually like. Um, you know, Pinterest and Facebook and Instagram show you all of these beautiful homes. But, you know, the likelihood of, of you making a home beautiful is more, you know, or a greater chance of that happening than you buying that dream home and it already being beautiful. Like there's nothing wrong with buying that house where you could be like, okay, great. Now this is that, this is what I want to do with that bathroom. Um, so the experience of seeing multiple homes before you purchase one is definitely the biggest tip that I give everybody especially in today's market. Look at any house that, that you can um, just to get that experience. And it also helps you say, oh, maybe there's other questions that I can start asking. You know, like, oh, when was this, you know, when was the roof replaced? Or when was the, you know, back backyard pool? Let's say they have a pool, you know, when was the pool rewired and things like that? That's Those are the types of questions that would come up you know, with you seeing multiple houses instead of just seeing one, you know? Damn, you you were dropping dimes for our minds today, Pete. Man, he, he knows his stuff, man. This man. is he's built for this. This is why he's here. You know what I mean? So. I, I appreciate. I, my big thing too is that if if there's ever a time where you'll come home from seeing a house and you're like, "Damn, I wish I would have asked this question," or "I wish I would have looked for that," like write it down. That way, the next home you see, it may not come up again on that second home that you see, but maybe the third or fourth home it comes up again. And you wrote it down and you're like, okay, great. Now I can ask that question. Or maybe this is the exact situation that I didn't know about earlier. And now I do. Um, but if you didn't write that down and you didn't see another home ever again, then you're kind of just living with that, you know, what if, like maybe I should have asked that question or what if I did move into that home and it had something wrong with it. Um, so just, you know, seeing multiple houses allows you to be able to do that. And also taking those notes down makes it so that you're turning every stone instead of leaving a stone unturned. Oh, that's awesome, man. Yeah, definitely. So, yeah, because uh, I got my home about uh, a year and two months ago, and I had to literally go through maybe seven or eight viewings of homes to see, like, oh, this doesn't look right. This is, no, this is way too overpriced. And then, like, eventually I came, the one I'm in now, I'm like, I have a vision for this home. And I'm like, this is my first home, first time home buyer. So I'm like, okay, well, let me just be in this space, see what it's like, get that experience, and then go from there. So, I've been it's been lovely ever since I made that choice. So, yeah, I, I my wife and I, I always tell this story as to people who have are looking to buy a home for the first time. My wife and I buying our first home, we went to this place. It was a really nice area. And we was like, man, that would be awesome to live there. And we went in the home and the lady kind of looked at us and she was like, oh, you guys looking for a home? I said, yes, we are. So she goes, OK, we'll sit down here and I'll show you guys some of the you know specs and details of the homes. And the lady goes, so what are you pre-approved for? And I go. What, what does that mean? What's, uh -oh. what? uh -oh. yeah, and so now it's like, okay, that's one thing that you should definitely do is pre-approve because then you know how much you can afford. Um, mm -hmm. And that's a big thing is, is you know, understanding how much you can afford because when the lady asked us how much we've been pre-approved for, I said, well, I'm, I don't know. She goes, okay, well, this home is $1.2 million. 
And Sheesh. my wife looked at me and I looked at her and I'm like, why are we here? <laughs> we don't got that money yet. Like, wait a minute. Yeah. Like, this is our first home that we're buying out of college. Like, what? And I had no idea that that was even a step in the process, you know? Mm-hmm. And so, and I wouldn't say that I was embarrassed by any means because I thought it was cool to be sitting in a $1.2 million home, which was awesome. But to know that I should have been pre approved before I walked in the door would have been nice. Um, mm-hmm. But I didn't know that, you know, ahead of time. And so, um, you know, having that pre-approval is is great to be able to understand that you're looking at homes that you could potentially buy um, and just aren't out of your league, per se. I'm sure that gave you motivation sitting in the $1.2 million home. Like, OK, next time we next decide time. to get a house, I know how much we can make and what, right. we're, gonna, what, we're, what we're based off of. So, yeah, we're good now. That's ex- that's exactly almost word for word what I told my wife. Um, you know, at that point, I said to her. I was like, you know, this is definitely not the home we're going to buy right now, but I would love to live in a home like this one day. And so, and we just got to figure it out, you know, at that point. So, um, you know, I should say that that would be the end, the dream home for us for sure. Uh, but I'm so glad that I got to see it in the first place or else I wouldn't know, you know, like what that actually entails and what I would have to do to kind of obtain that. Mm-hmm. Nice. Nice. So I got, I got a question that I try to ask everybody or every guest that we have on that's a entrepreneur or you know has their own business or is a business person mm-hmm. what what's your end game what at the end of the day what do you want your legacy to be business wise professional wise personal wise what what is it yeah it actually is kind of what you had said jake is that you always you know understood me as a as a good teammate and that's really what i want to be known for when this is all over you know it doesn't matter how many homes i sell in a year or in my lifetime or how many you know I should say a dollar amount of homes that I've sown, sold or anything like that. It doesn't make any sense to me if somebody doesn't like me um, or somebody doesn't think that I actually cared about them because at the end of the day, that's the people who show up at your funeral. Um, it's not going to be the, you know, the for sale signs that I put in people's yards or the sold signs that I put in people's yards. They don't show up to the funeral. It's the people themselves. Um, mm-hmm. so I want to be known as, you know, as a good person, somebody who's built a relationship and, and somebody who actually cares. That's the end game. No, see, that, nice. that's a lovely end game. Though. Like, a, yeah. I like that answer. So, okay, I have another question for you then. So I ask our guests that come on this, this question, uh, so what is the best advice and the worst advice you've received thus far? <laughs> that's a good question. I know you guys always ask that question too. I tried to prepare myself for this mm-hmm. one. Uh, Ooh, yeah, frequent I listener. Definitely okay. say the best advice I've ever heard is to – Take advice from somebody who's been where you want to be. Um, mm-hmm. That was one of the biggest pieces of advice as I had ever heard, especially starting young in business because I wanted to be really <laughs> good at sales. And so I noticed that I started taking advice from people who had never been in a sales role. Mm-hmm. I was like, wait, wait, wait a minute, this doesn't make any sense now. Uh, but before somebody even said that to me, it did make sense because I trusted those people or I had you know, relationships with them but they hadn't spent one day as a salesperson, you know? So it didn't make sense for me to actually take that advice and apply it. Um, Now the I should say the worst advice I ever got um, is that, yeah, I I think to myself every day as if what could I do better? And somebody was like, well, don't you ever want to like look back and be just like happy or, or satisfied with something? And I do. And I think the advice or the worst advice that somebody could ever give you know, me, I, I wouldn't say that I've gotten this before, uh, but the worst advice that I would ever want anybody to say is like, oh, you know, are you going to stop? 
Um, or mm. why don't you just stop and, and, you know, where you're at right now? Because then I really don't feel like I'm doing anything with my life. I hate being stagnant. Um, mm -hmm. And then that's like that potential aspect is still there. Um, and I want to help. I want to see that through. You know, so even though, yes, you may have done so much stuff in your life or, you know, like I'm sure you look at Mark Cuban. I don't think he probably stopped and said, OK, well, this is it for me. I'm good. I bought the Dallas Mavericks. Like, no, <laughs> you know what I mean? Like that wasn't it. Like that was just another stepping stone for him. So, you know, even reaching your goals, you know, don't be, be satisfied there. He, he, he said it, though, that that complacency, that creature that lives rent free in your mind is like. Oh, you're fine right here. But in reality, it's like, no, you can do so much more each and every day. That's why, you know, it's a gift. The way I look at it is like, it's okay to take a mental break. It's okay. Yes. But don't just like how he said, don't just quit. Don't just stop. No, you it's, can, you it's okay rest. to pause. But, yeah, you could rest. keep going. Get your, you yeah. know, get your mind right and then resume, but never stop. Yeah, absolutely. Mental, mental breaks are key for me. Um, you know, and I work from home a lot too now. Um, with obviously the pandemic. And so having two girls around definitely challenges me mentally. And I can say that a mental break is something that, you know, everybody needs, not just parents I, I, per se, but just anybody in general needs a mental break. Um, and that's something that you know, we'll, you'll look back and be like, I'm so glad I took that mental break, whether it's going out for a run or maybe you go and grab ice cream with, you know, with your friends or something like that. Like, that mental break is going to help you in the long run more than you think, even though the break itself may only be an hour or, you know, 30 minutes or whatever it is. That's a good way to be able to mm -hmm. put everything back in order without you even realizing it. Um, you'll be then more focused on that next task that comes around. So throughout the day in my schedule, I do have these mental break areas or where I'm like, OK, I'm going to go ahead and take a you know 15 minute break here. And I'm going to, you know, go take out the trash or bring it back and or bring the trash cans back in. Like that's a, a small mental break that doesn't take more than five minutes. Uh, but it's mm -hmm. the fact that I can go out, you know, I get some fresh air, I come back in and then I have a new task that I'm ready to accomplish instead of going from, you know, one task to the next and having any overlap. Um, I'm more sharp. I'm ready to go. And, and those mental breaks are key for me, even on a daily basis. No, that's all it. In my mind, it's like it's it's a battery that you have to continually like charge up. When it gets real low, you need to like step back. Right, almost like a Tesla. You would say it's electric, whatever. <laughs> so, Pete, I gotta um. So you listen to all the questions that we have for you. Is there any questions you have for us? Yeah, and I think that this is one that you guys have have gotten asked before. I know how it came together, but I want to know what is you know what is walk the, out. <laughs> what is the uh, end goal. For, for you guys here with the podcast. I know what you're trying to do now, but what is, is the end goal for the podcast itself? So, Pete, I'll tell you, ideally, uh, this is all Jacob's idea. We're just oh like my. his like, passengers no, on this stop. whole cruise. So he was like, I, I I am Captain America. I can't, you know, he's standing in the forefront. No. But. Lies, lies, Pete. puppet master, right? Yeah. Nah. He, he's not the puppet master. He, me Did and him pedal? worked together. Oh. And what happened was we used to talk about this a lot. I used to watch a lot of online stuff while we worked in the back. And I said, we could do this. Me and you and a group of people or just even me and you. We can do something and broadcast it and people will gravitate towards it because that's the age we're living in. And somehow, some way that seed stayed in his mind. And one day when he either got bored or just inspired, he hit up these two. Ash and John, and he was like, hey, do you guys want to, like, you know, do a podcast possibly? 
And that's why he calls himself the glue, because the seed that me and him have planted in his mind, it actually sprouted and it became what it was today. Definitely. And then where are you guys looking to take it? We are actually want to develop a LLC. We want to call it It's On Us Media Group mm-hmm. to where we can expand more, where we can you know, have sponsorships for our episode, be more um, involved in the community, you know, hopefully do a school drive one day and stuff like that. We want to be that, I guess, that community spark, you know, that hub for the community just to show, hey, just because we're from Lorraine don't mean nothing. You know, we can, we can branch out. We can be more than what anybody's ever told us we can be. We can be us. We can be those people. So that's, okay. I guess that's the end game for us. To I mean, sum it up, we're trying to become like the iHeart Radio of the Midwest, but we're a podcast. Basically, yeah. <laughs> I love it. I love it because that so many people need that. Um, and that's why I'm so glad I, I followed you guys here. The first time I saw it, I was like, okay, I got to listen to it. Um, and yeah, I definitely think that you, what you, I love what you guys are doing in the first place, but I think what you guys are continuing to do and, uh, you know, bringing other guests on the, on the podcast as well from all different walks of life is really neat because you don't see many podcasts that are like that. You know, a lot of them are more niche specific sports or just real estate or just, you know, business and things like that. Um, I love the mental health aspect that you guys bring to it as well, which is huge. Um, Uh but I I really think what you guys are doing is, is something special. Appreciate that. We really do. Mm-hmm. And speaking of that, Ash, you want to lead us into the wellness check? Oh, yes. Oh, yeah. Pete, as you know, each week we do like a wellness to see how you are physically, mentally, spiritually or like wherever you feel like your place right now. So, Jacob, you want to start us off? I'm at like seven or eight. OK. Um, Parker's doing all right. Potty training. So that's not as stressful. Nice. I got my hair all back to one color. I don't look homeless anymore. Oh, you cute now. Hallelujah. Oh, okay. Sexy as fuck. Oh, yeah. You tried bitch. to come at me hot the other day. Oh, coming at everybody chat. hot. Hey, new hair, who did type shit? But um, yeah, so I'm at like a seven or eight. Really can't complain. So, what about you, John? Uh, you know, my body feels like a four right now. I went to the gym for the first time in like I don't even know, maybe eight months, mm-hmm. and uh, I kept pushing myself. I was doing like shoulder presses, pulls, any type curls, all this stuff, and I said I could do five more. And I kept doing. It. I was like I could do five more, and I was like at the end of it, I said I should not have done that. <laughs> I was uh, gassed, but right now I'm feeling better. Um, this week was stressful. I had just a bunch of bullshit going on. So um, work, life, uh, it's all working out. So just got to take a breath. Take the trash out, like Pete said. Just yeah. take the trash out. Okay, take the stretch. Trash out. Yeah, mm-hmm. stretch. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, as far as uh, mentally, just about an eight or so. Just just kind of getting back. Got to get back. So no, That's good. For you. I'm also at an eight. I was at a 10, but then I ate some swine yesterday. And I am like I told you guys <laughs> before we started on the podcast, I put that on my retirement list along with vodka. Can't do that either. Mm-hmm. And uh, yeah. So outside of that, though, mentally 10, physically eight, spiritually 10. Everything is going good in my life. I have no complaints. All my bills are paid. Everything's up to date in my life. Um, looking forward to next month when I finally get my LLC going. So hey, expect go. that coming. I can't mm-hmm. wait. We're getting this LLC popping off. So big things coming in August, and I'm looking forward to October because I think I'll have my project started up by then for my home. Yep, that's awesome. So uh, for me, I would say I am a, I'm like an 8.59 in climbing. Like I, I've really been like really invested into mental, mental health, and I've been reading the four agreements, and it's really helping me like decode how I should view my life. And the second chapter basically goes into like, be in pepical, be in pepical, or how do you say it? 
impeccable 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 with your words hmm. so basically like, your words have power yes. and how you speak to people it echoes into like the universe and like you put out good energy is coming back to you so i'm kind of like adjusting myself to that mo- mentality and just being more grateful to being like present all the time so that's where i am heard steve harvey say a message he said if you change one word your life will turn around. He said, instead of saying, I got to wake up and go to work, say, I get to wake up and go to work. Because mm-hmm. pretty much when you use the word God, you're balling up all your stress into like one idea and thought. And it makes you not want to do it and be less resistant. I mean, more resistant to your day versus mm-hmm. being less resistant and taking on the fact that you got a good bill of health. You got to wake up and you get to do what you do. Hmm. I love it. So, Pete, how are you feeling this week? Yeah, I, I would say I'm at a nine out of ten. Uh this you know going into this week and after last week was really stressful with uh you know getting things ready my wife does an awesome job with getting everything ready for the birthday so she was she was able to help me get to that nine i should say with with taking some of that stuff off my plate but i think as uh as i go into this next week as well it's the last week of the month which is always in sales it's always a a big you know thing that you want to get in as much as you can before the end of the month um to end it on a good note and uh i think my mom is is visiting here in uh in illinois with us now so she's going to stay with us for a couple weeks and it's been a uh i should say a refreshing aspect to have her around our house as well um so i think from a mental mental perspective i'm definitely you know in a solid nine right now oh that, that's that's amazing that's wonderful yeah Clifton, you have a uh, gym. I got two because Pete dropped so many jewels. I'm saying so heavy. Uh, I'm so heavy. This is like a million dollars worth of game today. Like if anybody really tunes in, listen to Pete because he was just on point. And I learned a lot just listening to him today. Mm -hmm. So I'm going to give you two. And both are from the goats of their respective sports. And I'm going to start with Arnold Palmer. Always make a total effort even when the odds are against you. And the second one is I can accept failure. But I can't accept not trying, and that's by Michael Jordan. His airness. His airness, the GOAT. Pete Rufo, thank you again for, you know, joining us on the episode of It's On Us. Uh, Again, make sure you guys go like, subscribe, and uh, check us out on all platforms. Pete, you got any socials you want to shout out? Yeah, absolutely. I'm uh, uh, Pete Rufo on Facebook, uh, Instagram, Pete.Rufo. Uh, as well. And then um, my business Facebook is Pete Sells Houses. Um, so feel free to uh, to connect with me. Um, I'm always happy to answer any questions, whether it be business related, real estate. Um, you know, I, I want to be an open book for people. There you go. And shout nice. out to the local Chicago area. Anybody in Chicago who listens to this mess with Pete. He's a great guy. And he's almost like a legend from Lorraine I'm telling you that now. Mess nope. with the guy. <laughs> <laughs> I appreciate that, guys. Thank you so much for having me. It's been a blast. Absolutely. You take it easy. All right, guys. Make sure you guys tune in next week. Later. Yay. Thank you for listening to IOU Podcast, where you can reach us on Spotify, Apple, Podbean, YouTube. Um, and our Gmail is IOU Podcast 440. And this has been a great episode with my boys. And Stay tuned for next week and God bless.